0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Feminine Astrology Podcast. If you're new here, I'm Margie Connor. I am the creator of Feminine Astrology, which is astrology through the lens of the divine feminine. This is a very special collaboration episode with the Badass Bohemian. We are going to be talking about the Red Tent, the reclamation of it, the history of it, some mythology. So I hope you enjoy it and receive all that you can. Thank you so much for tuning in.
1: Mm, hello, sweet, beautiful loves, and welcome to the Badass Bohemian Podcast meets the Feminine Astrologer Podcast. We just got off a hot girl hike, and now we're diving into a hot girl podcast. <laughs> so I'll welcome our returning goddess guests miss margie connor who is such a badass and i'm so grateful to co-create with her and to just be in this really beautiful sisterhood together so we're gonna be diving into the history of the red tent and really what this is all about what this tradition is allowing us to remember and reclaim And we are really just here to inform and inspire and allow the collective to come into a deeper understanding of what it means to honor the sacredness of our cycles. And really, more than that, come into a space of sisterhood that is safe and sacred and fun and full of stories that we are we get to pass along and carry on so I'm going to kick it over to Margie to share just where where you're at today and what you're ready to dive into
0: hello everyone and welcome to our collaboration I'm very excited you know Madeline's now been a guest on the Feminine Astrology podcast and I've been a guest on the Badass Bohemian podcast and now we are all together. So um, today I'm feeling good. I actually attended one of Madeline's, um, it was a cacao and breathwork um, gathering last night ceremony and uh, so I've got a lot of clarity from that that I'm coming into this episode with. Um, Also feeling so lit up and inspired by Madeline and my work with the red tent. So if you're haven't heard about it yet, we're gonna be holding a ceremony um January twenty-fourth at seven PM. If you're in Phoenix, please join us. Uh you can access the link to join through the link in my bio, which is the Feminine Astrologer on Instagram. Um, I believe on Madeline's bio as well. You can find it there. So that's the badass bohemian. Um, but I have been getting some questions and people don't really know what it is. And I think when you start to talk about women's menstruation, it it's like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do in there? Are you going to look at each other's vaginas and what's all of this happening? And so I'm all down for that. And I hope that that's something that we can do in the future is like some yoni gazing and things like that, but not quite on that level. And so Madeline and I are going to dive into, like she said, the history, but then also what our red tent intention is and – what we're going to do during it. So, um, Madeline is currently, I cheated and she's a little mad at me, but so the red tent is a book by, um, Anita Diamant, I believe her name is Diamant. Um, and it is basically the story of, um, it's the women's story from, the tale of joseph and the coat of dreams which i don't know if you guys are into biblical tales at all but it was the 12 sons of jacob highly recommend just i think biblical stories are really cool highly recommend looking into that but it's the female perspective so i watched the whole movie and so she's still reading the book so i'm going to do my best to not reveal too much of what happens cuz i don't want to spoil the ending for her but i'm going to turn it over to madeline to start to talk about her experience what she's hoping to bring into the red tent and what she's learned in the book so far <laughs> let's be clear i have sacred rage
1: no i'm just kidding (laughs) um yeah when we were on our hike this morning margie's like so i watched the movie last night and i'm like what the what the heck what the heckin mom she's breaking girl code no i'm just kidding but we did plant the seed to potentially watch it this weekend and she just jumped the gun
0: I wanted to be ready for this podcast.
1: She's prepping for this podcast, air quotes. Um, (laughs) um, So we're going to do a part one and then probably come together for a part two once I'm deeper in the book and regather next week to share that. And yeah, this, the Red Tent reclamation and the journey into this book has been so beautiful. I mean, I was... I was reading it on my Yoni throny one day and I was like steaming my Yoni and just reading this book and I'm like, wow, this feels like, it feels just like it. it's written so well for one and it's a novel. So it's a story that takes place from the lens of Dina, who is the daughter of Joseph. Jacob, 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 and Joseph. It gets confusing, but mm-hmm. Joseph is her brother. Um, but the daughter of Jacob, and Jacob has, you know, all his wives, which they're basically sister. They are sister wives, and it's so interesting how this book is taking that lens through the feminine perspective of of Dina, the daughter, and and she speaks of her remembrance of what her journey through the red tent is and how she learned about everything that goes on there and witnessed it all through her mothers and how the women would come together and in this timeline so historically a lot of women are known to bleed with the new moon which makes a lot of sense because the moon goes into the darkness with the new moon and so it's when women were shedding they were They were getting their menstruation. They were gathering to bleed back into the earth. And the red tents were also the places that women would give birth. And it's where they sang and drummed and shared their stories and braided each other's hair and and laid in each other's laps. And they were together through their experiences. And they worshipped the goddesses. Like, I thought it was interesting that the women came together. They worshipped goddesses. And then the men, like, prayed to gods. And so they did like the herding and the hunting and the manly stuff. And the woman did like the cleaning and the birthing and nursing. And they all like shared the responsibilities, like they would nurse other people's babies. And so, you know, it's just really, really interesting to even just dive into those storylines alone and then to further understand the role of of really like sisterhood and like the healer you know and the midwifery there's an emphasis a lot on the role of midwives and yeah so I'm really really loving this this lens that we can dive into this work through or the stories that speak to the ways that people really used to live and and it is definitely kind of like a glorified um like kind of romanticized version of I'm sure what happened then you know um but yeah it, it's really really cool to dive into so I'm loving the red tent experience and I'm on I'm like immersed in it for only being like a weekend I've read a hundred books Pages, which like I don't usually do, so I'm curious to hear, without giving too much away,
0: of the the movie um, of just what there's disgust in her face when she says movie like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something I just want to point out from my perspective, I like I knew this book existed. But I had randomly gotten into the red tent because I'm Mm -hmm. such a history buff. Mm -hmm. Like, my greatest love is astrology and ancient history. Not really into modern history, but ancient history, even as a kid, I was obsessed with. Like, I wanted to know everything about Mesopotamia, Sumeria, Egypt, Mm -hmm. Greece, Persia. um, And so... I have no knowledge of math and of math, but when it comes to the <laughs> ancient world, I know a lot. And this is kind of something that I knew happened. I grew up with a dad who was super into teaching me a lot about theology, ancient religions, a- ancient customs, things like that. Um, and so I knew the red tent was a thing, but the way it was presented to me as some, it, cause women were dirty during their periods. And so that's where they were sent. But in my own women, like in my work with women, i was i don't even know how i stumbled upon it it was totally separate it was like almost Mm -hmm. an accident um i think i was talking to somebody about bringing my or like bringing their blood back to the earth and i i don't know how anyway it's all divine timing but i started looking into it and it was actually the story behind the red tent is totally misconstrued the like the way we know it today um It was not a place where women went because they were dirty it was a place that was considered to be like the spiritual hierarchy and hub of community of the tribe it was men weren't allowed in there not because women were disgusting and they had to be separate but it was that men were considered to not be as connected to god to the intuition and maybe not to god but to the channel of intuition and so it was reserved for women and how pure and beautiful women are and yeah, like Madeline said, it was a place where, yes, they would go to bleed, but it also was where they would connect and dance and have joy and have freedom and um, live freely. And they did worship the goddesses. So a lot of my work in astrology is with the goddesses. And I've been doing some research just on what particular goddesses were um, revered in the times of the Red Tent, which also, by the way, The red tent has appeared in many different cultures there's actually some tribes in africa that still actively have the red tent this is not something that just existed in mesopotamia um it every society has had a place where women can go and celebrate the sacredness of what they are what's happening to them um so with that being said the goddess is the I really hope to bring into the ceremony when Madeline and I hold our Red Tent, uh, our series because of her work with The Blood Mysteries. So I'm just going to go into that a little bit. Ceres, um, also known as Demeter, was uh, one of the daughters of Cronus, uh, so sister of Zeus. Um, she was The goddess of agriculture, fertility, the earth, um, but more than just the earth, it was the cycles that are on the earth. So uh, that means all transitions through womanhood, meaning from girl to having the monarch, which is the first period, Mm -hmm. into being a mother, etc. And so part of her story when her daughter Persephone was abducted was that she was in Ulysses, um, or Ulysses, I've I have to just look up the pronunci- pronunciation of that, but um, she initiated the blood mysteries. And so this is basically women were initiated into these spiritual ceremonies where it would take them months to essentially be pure enough to be a part of. And there there's really no documentation of actually what happened because they were considered so sacred. But these women would go and they would bleed together and they would have spiritual channeled experience. Um... And bring that wisdom into the cities, and then also, you know, the times the red tent into the the tribe.
1: Mm, yeah, and thank you for diving into the goddess series and her her essence. And I'm excited to share it for you, for you to share more on her wisdom and how we can remember and honor. These goddesses and yeah, in in the red tent, they're also they bring through the goddesses of Anana, Anana, or Anand.
0: Uh, Ishtar and Anana.
1: Ishtar and Anana, and then there's an, there's even more reference, like to where they they pray to certain goddesses for for birth and and it's so oh, I lo- I just love it so much how. It's giving a whole different context to how life was then, you know, because the, the biblical teachings that many of us know these days or like, you know, me growing up Catholic, like um, it, it's come up so much this week as, as I'm actually like diving into this work with the Red Tent and also very strongly personally feeling the presence of Mary Magdalene like so intensely and like my we brought this up on the last podcast but I'm really feeling called to dive into like the sex magic work of Mary Magdalene and and reclaim that yeah just her legacy so much more beyond the context of Catholic teachings and and it's it's really brave to be like talking about these things for you and I even you know, modern day, although we are very, I use this word lightly, but it's what comes to mind. We're very privileged and very sovereign and free to be able to openly have these discussions and hold this space, right? Um, And it's very healing to some deep, deep sisterhood wounds that may still live within us. Um, You know, we actively, thankfully, have beautiful sisters out here and it's why we feel called to make these spaces and create these spaces for wom- women to come together but there's and we're also consistently met i know when there's a when there's a contention or a point of Comparison or whatever comes up within sisterhood, like we're met with a beautiful opportunity to heal that deep, deep wound that came up through when the times came that the different religions started to come and in and invade these spaces and really hunt women. And other women were pointing the finger at other women. And we are healing that wound by saying, No, we're gonna bring this back and we're gonna make this a place that women can gather and know that like we're not gonna be burned for it. And even and us speaking our truth on platforms like the podcast or even stepping into your medicine, your gifts, your power, like and that is healing of the sister wood. That is healing our witch wound by saying, No, I have the right to be a powerful woman, I have the right to share herbs and medicine, I have the right to share the intuitive wisdom that comes through, like it heals generations, and so we're really excited and grateful to grant that permission to every woman everywhere, that you deserve to take up space, that you deserve to be in harmony with your cycle, and with other women, as we collectively come together to, to yeah, to be the powerful forces that we are in tune with nature.
0: Mm, yeah, Madeline, I'm so happy that you brought up Mary Magdalene because I don't know why, but it totally escaped me when we were when we did the episode on your podcast where you so graciously interviewed me. So thank you so much for doing that. But um, just. So one of the goddesses that I work with when I do feminine astrology readings is Lilith. And she is the seat of the divine dark feminine. And so I don't know how many of you guys know the history of Mary Magdalene, but I mean, she was a a prostitute basically. And Jesus came in and and took her and she was one of his closest disciples. Um, But her name when she worked in the red district is what they called it um, was Lilith. And I just find it so ironic because she does empower that. She empowers the dark, divine feminine. Um, And, yeah, that women are able to be in the court of the Lord, you could say. Um, So I just wanted to pinpoint on that. Um, But then also... You know, with this red tent ceremony, I think people do have a lot of questions like, are we going to be bleeding together? What if I'm not bleeding? Can I still come? And this is a space for women of all ages, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, something that is really worked that I work with in astrology and a lot in mythology, I'm sure Madeline does as well is the concept of the triple moon goddess. And so all feminine goddesses have three phases of life, mm-hmm. um, which the first one is the maiden, and so this is representi- representative of the woman who is in her youth. She hasn't given birth. She is divinely curious. Um, she's not quite fertile, but she is this abundance of energy and joy. And then we have the th- uh, second cycle, which really represents the different cycles of Saturn. So the first Saturn cycle is 1 to 20, 28-ish, or I'll just say 1 to 30, and then the second one is 30 to 60 which is the mother that's when you're fertile you're holding space you are that um, intuitive being um, and then the last one is the crone and that's the wise sage medicine woman mm-hmm. with the, i mean i imagine a woman with gray hair and you know her beautiful scarves just mm-hmm. drawing down the moon and sharing her medicine mm-hmm. and the emphasis of the rent in ancient times was that it was space for everybody and the people who actually had the most space to talk, to share their voice, to share their experience were the younger girls mm-hmm. who would attend to show that, you know, having your cycle didn't make you gross. It didn't make you dirty. It was actually this incredible thing. And you had this privilege of sharing in this joy mm-hmm. that the men in the tribe didn't get to be a part of. Like they didn't something. Um, about the red tent is also it was a place of gossip. It wasn't just a place of like rites and rituals. It was a place of joy and, you know, like Madeline said, laying in each other's laps and playing with each other's hair. It was very sweet. Um, and so holding space for the youth and then also the older women who have so much wisdom, who have been through all of the cycles of life because we really do, women are constantly, mm-hmm. because of our cycles, like our period cycles, we're on a different We're on a different part of the wave every single day. And that's beautiful. We're cyclical beings. it's how we're supposed to move. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we women, like we are the earth. We move through different seasons. And that is our right to be in that place and to honor our divine feminine flow. And it's, it's really... It is courageous to choose to live that way in modern day society. And so it takes us understanding, okay, there's the menstruation phase, right? That is our winter season. So we are like more inward energy or honoring slowness and that's when our intuition is heightened when we are receiving more downloads when we are able to that said when we are bleeding then we have that thinner valve so there's just a an element of more connection to the higher realms and so it was a time where if historically and in, in modern day too like as we're bleeding whatever is coming through it's coming through for a reason so that you can receive and that's our death cycle that is a time where we're shedding and and also grieving and so any symptoms that like your body's having while bleeding those are all signs from your body to just listen deeper like a heavier bleed okay you're you're grieving hard or something that you're meant to shed and and let go of And again, with this red tent ceremony, for this particular one that we're coming together on 12424, it's not necessarily in the context of we're coming together to bleed together. We're coming together to share the stories. We're coming together to drum, to, to ever, for everyone to have a right to share and, express themselves and be seen and celebrated in your wholeness like the full moon you know we're meeting around the full moon and women like we deserve every person of course but it's really important for us to to take up space to shine as our full selves and to do so in a way that's just like fearless and brave and and I'm so grateful to to call other women into into these spaces. And yeah, so again, like women we are like the seasons. We have the winter. That's our our bleed. And then we have our fall or we have winter, and then we have spring, which is follicular, and then our ovulation is summer, and then autumn is luteal. And so when we get to know those places and how our body moves and operates, it's such wisdom that just unlocks a whole new way of being for women. So yeah, we're excited to
0: celebrate the sacredness of our cycles. I also want to go back to something that Madeline said, where it really is a privilege to be able to do something like this. I think Madeline and I especially we we live in circles even in the West you know women have a lot more freedom than many countries in the East but m- most women living in the West they don't really have the liberation to be able to talk about their cycles because they're working in male-dominated industries like we are super 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 privileged mm-hmm. we work in a lot of spiritual spaces which holds space for that and allows it mm-hmm. um so so I think Madeline and I both have, we have a collective intention for the red tent, which is just to create sacred sisterhood. And, you know, Madeline works a lot with womb healing and everything like that. And she's holding that side of the space. But for me personally, um, historically, when other tribes would want to conquer or destroy another tribe, the place they would go to do that and to take away the power of the community was they would destroy the Red Tent first. And I find that so ironic because you would think, oh, you know, you never go out out after women and children, right? Why wouldn't you go after the men? But it was because this place was so powerful and gave the tribe so much power. And so my idea is that this is the way that you destroy community. What is the way to rebuild it? And that really is my intention for the reclamation of the Red Tent. It isn't to create some man-hating place where we Mm -hmm. necessarily come together and bleed, and yes, I do want to create, but it's more just let's create community of divine sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Madeline, just to give people a little bit more context, because I do think there are still some questions, Mm -hmm. how do you envision, and what's your intention for this upcoming Red Tent?
1: Mm. Mm. So... The vision is really allowing intimacy, allowing intimacy with our sisters and allowing intimacy with our womb space, with our, our our cycles, you know, and to know that a lot of women, you know, I'm coming to understand in this work is like, There is not a connection. Like many women don't have a connection with their womb. Or even hear it. Or know what it's like to... To even name that space. To feel it. You know? Um, A lot of people get trapped there. You know, when we think of like the chakra system. Even the root and the sacral. Like a lot of women and people in general store things in those spaces. So huge intention that I'm holding is to create that intimacy and to to come into radical remembrance of our birthright to bleed. <laughs> and not saying that you have to bleed, but to remember that as women... This is a vital sign of our hormones functioning optimally. And we've grown up in generations and in this modern world that has really put a lot of shame on what it means to bleed monthly. And it's like that is part of being a woman. So why don't, like, why not embrace it? it's part of our bodies you know so many women grow up and i think that our generation is getting really beautifully accustomed to loving our bodies and checking other sisters like hey you're beautiful babe like go to the girls bathroom at a bar and you're gonna be in a hype woman space you know um i don't really go out anymore but i do know that like we (laughs) we all like just hype each other up you know and so we got to be our own biggest hype woman. And instead of being like, oh my God, I have my period. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, yes, I got my period. And to have that reframe. Um, so yeah, my intentions are really to to eradicate the shame around bleeding and to create intimacy with our own womb space and each other. And then of course sharing the medicines of song and dance and drum and cacao um and i think we'll have a lot of like just red everything <laughs> um for the the you know just adding of that juicy <laughs> the juicy atmosphere. Uh, atmosphere
0: yes sisters mm I love what you're saying around releasing shame around the cycle, but also I think it's releasing shame around womanhood. I mean, there's so much that we, I could get so into like the Greek roots of words, but like hysteria and lunatic and all of these words, they come from the moon and the moon is instinctual. It's of the body. It's you know when they talk about moon dance or doing like a you know if you guys have ever practiced yoga we do surya na- namaskar which is like hello to the sun mm-hmm. we don't usually do mm. the moon salutation t- uh, yeah t- tandra namaskars i fucking love those <laughs> yeah but you know part of what they say like the true embodiment of the moon is like dancing like a mad woman like an animal mm-hmm. being completely overtaken and out of the mind entirely the sun if we're gonna look at it from an astrological perspective our sun is our purpose but our moon is our safety it's our body Mm -hmm. and we can't have one without the other we need to have the Mm -hmm. the polarity Mm -hmm. so eradicating shame of just being a woman and also something i want to say too is there's a lot around how when you're hormonal and you're emotional before Mm -hmm. your cycle it's like oh it's just my period Mm -hmm. i think that is a bunch of bull crap Mm -hmm. To me, like, I am never overly emotional around my period if I'm not restricting myself from feeling. Mm. When I am processing my emotions fully, then my, you know, my PMS or on my period, I'm not, yeah, sure, I might be more sensitive, I might cry, but... When I have these big emotional outbursts, which, you know, everyone's heard the story of your boyfriend tells you, like, I notice that once a month, you're really emotional. And it's like, it's because I'm holding back all my emotions all the time. And we just can't take it anymore. And so I think that if something to just take note of is if you are having really emotional periods, these emotions are not just coming randomly. Like, the hormones are happening to help you release. It's not just, like, oh, you're hormonal and so you're randomly crying. If there's no emotion to release behind it, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be that hysteria that comes on.
1: It's hilarious that people even say, like, oh, you're hormonal. It's like, yes, I am hormonal. Because we all have fucking hormones. (laughs) And And men just have hormones that reset on a 24-hour time clock, like the rising and setting of the sun. And women, we have a longer drawn-out period, which is 28 days, like the 29.5-day cycles of a moon. So, yeah, we're going to feel different day to day and face to face from, it's a vast difference between menstruation and ovulation and follicular and luteal and even first half of luteal to the second half of luteal. And it's like, oh fuck, this is why I feel the way I do. And this is coming up for me to face it and free it. And what, a what a liberating experience it can be and how are we meant to be? Oh my gosh, feeling beings. And hysteria historically they thought that the uterus would just travel around the body like it was detached from the anatomy of the body like they just thought it would go around all over and cause these like episodes of of manic or whatever and they just thought that it was the uterus that was causing women to go wild (laughs) And it's like, oh, yeah, because you can't physically see that protrusion. You know, like men have their lingam. That's just like, boop, here I am. And women, we, we're we just inward beings. And it can lead us to like holding things, right? Like because we are like the earth. We hold so much space. And so if you're holding, holding, holding emotions and not letting them come out, then they're going to get stuck in the body, babes. So you know, just allowing yourself that moment if if you're feeling that rage, then fucking feel it. If you're feeling that like overwater sensation where you just need to cry, then liberate those tears through feeling them. And that's okay. That's what makes us who we are. And yeah, it's it's just, so beautiful when we can come into that place of radical acceptance and then meeting that acceptance with love and gratitude and then sharing your medicine eventually like that's kind of you know we all have gifts within us that are here to be shared and one of those gifts is bleeding
0: and like it is a gift to the earth so yeah thank you loves I'm going to get on a bit of like a science train. So forgive me, Madeline. This mm. is uh, where my like nerd comes out. But I've done a lot of like um, just studying in the female body, like the straight anatomy of it and like the patterns of female health. And um, I have PCOS. And so I got really down a rabbit hole of where does this come from? Like, why do I have this? What is it? Um, which I have so many podcasts I could send to you guys about women's health, but I'm not going to get into that. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but. Women have the hot like of the two genders. Women, I think it's like seventy-five percent of women struggle with constipation, Mm -hmm. and and it's because we hold Mm -hmm. so much. And so a way that that acts out in the body is by not allowing us to release our bowels. Mm -hmm. Something else is if you know, Madeline mentioned the lingam, and then the the lingam and the yoni. Yoni is vagina, lingam is penis. If you guys aren't familiar with that, but the penis carries. A positive charge that doesn't mean good or bad it's just positive as an outward it, it comes out of the body mm. um, which means that it gives it gives it gives life mm. but the woman's or our womb space is has a negative charge which means that it receives and it's magnetic mm. so also what this means is if you've had trauma and your womb is operating at a certain vibration it attracts more of that by vibration until you release it mm. And, you know, whatever that release looks like, whether it's, you know, working through it on a somatic level, working through it in therapy, sister work, it doesn't matter. But you will keep repeating the cycles if you have trauma trapped in your womb, which I will guarantee you do, because we actually have the same DNA, or not DNA, the, um, yeah, DNA, that our grand... 13 generations so our, our womb that we are holding in our bodies has the same genetic makeup and um, I'm losing the word but it's basically the exact same one that was in our grandmothers because our mother's eggs formed when she was inside of her mother which means that that was when our original material was created and so we carry these these this maternal lineage that we're working through. Mm -hmm. And something I hope to hold space for in the red tent is to talk about the things that women are not really able to talk about. Almost every woman has struggled with some kind of, if it's not actual sexual assault in some way, it's, you know, feeling uncomfortable having to hold your keys when you're walking through a parking lot, you know, and I want to hold space for that so that we can release it and no longer attract it to us. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't want to get into like saying, Oh, we're attracting it because we want it. It's Mm -hmm. just that, if you're holding those patterns, mm-hmm. we are receptive. So why not make space for us to receive things that we're worthy of? Um, I know Madeline has a lot to say about this. so I'm going to pass the mic back to her. But also I want to ask her, because I'm sure people are curious, what actually will happen at the red tent? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to obviously put input into that, but mm-hmm. I want Madeline to share with you guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the maternal line and how deep it really runs and to speak to the receptivity of our yonis, our literal makeup, like that is the feminine role is to the feminine ability, the feminine power is to receive. And so when we can embrace that nature of receiving from a place of worthiness, for receiving from a place of wholeness and, and vibrations attract vibrations. So if, our, if we're holding on to trauma or pain or things of the past, then we will repeat the cycle, right? We're cyclical beings, everyone. Not just women. Like we move through cycles. And so it's it's an honor and a duty or devotion or privilege that we get to be the ones to consciously break cycles of our mother's lineages or whatever it is whatever patterns we're ready to break then we get to do that through work such as somatic such as yoni steaming such as womb connection and working with all the tools that we can call upon and be held in sacred spaces to do that because we're not meant to do it alone right um and Hmm. (laughs) I'm just feeling in to this. And, yeah, I just, it's, we hold as much pain, shadows, whatever, that is also so much wisdom. And so to move it through and to to shed, to let go, to let it die, that just allows us to rebirth. When we ovulate, we rebirth and we get to expand into our wholeness, our fullness, our ability to receive, receive God. I mean, like we are fucking so powerful. And when we can cleanse our portals to really be in a vibration of so much love, we're unstoppable. Like, we are just unstoppable. And we're full of so much creation energy. So, yeah. How is the red tent going to look?
0: Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Fucking beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. We're going to make it just full of all the luxurious and sensual Venus and Libra vibes. <laughs> um, and the flow is going to be, I feel, m- intuitive. And also we have our sexy structure that we like to call upon. Um, and so... There's going to be roses, there's going to be out, there's going to be probably at this one or definitely another one, some red tea and red foods and things that allow us to just have a full body experience and there will be drumming, there will be opportunities for women to get to just know each other on a deeper level you know, we're gonna share whatever is present in the moment astrologically. Margie will lead with whatever she feels and what she's tapped into for this really powerful time that we're gonna be in on one twenty two or 24. Um, and I'll share any womb herbs or anything that's coming forth that feels potent in in that timeline. So yeah, um I'm really excited and really, really honored to hold this space and and be starting this, this ritual that
0: I believe is a huge part of our purpose here. Yes, and I'm so excited. Um, so I'm obviously if you've been listening to Madeline's podcast from the badass bohemian side, then you know that she is a cacao facilitator. And so if you're listening On my podcast, you maybe don't know that. And so if you come to this event, like she said, we're going to make it beautiful, lights, roses, candles, um, cozy, everything like that. But then, you know, astrologically, this is a huge date. And I, I will be totally honest. I didn't know that this was happening. And Madeline and I just picked a date. I don't, you didn't know, right, about the So lots of planets have been retrograde in the last Two two years, pretty much, and so for the first time in a long time, every planet is moving direct in the sky on January twenty fourth, which basically means this restrictive energy that we felt of, especially in twenty twenty three, end of twenty twenty two, it kind of started, where it was just like, why do I feel like I don't have access to anything? Mm-hmm. And so there's this abundance happening in the world of every every planet is coming out to play. Mm-hmm. Um, added with that. Four days before on January 20th, the sun will be in Kazemi. So Kazemi basically means that a planet is exactly aligned with the sun or conjunct the sun. So on January 20th, Pluto Pluto will be moving into Aquarius. Pluto is a generational planet. It is the one that creates huge shifts. And Aquarius is the age of intuition. It's the age of the rainbow bridge. It's breaking out of old cycles of Capricorn. Um... Capricorn also in the negative is that the patriarchy it is the structures the masculine structures now in the positive side it's what allows us to be supported we need the masculine I want Mm -hmm. to highlight that we need the masculine for survival Mm -hmm. but I think with this Aquarian age it we're coming into a place where there's space for both so Pluto will be moving into Aquarius and then also the sun will be conjuncting Aquarius sorry The sun will be conjuncting Pluto, which whenever a planet conjuncts the sun, it is like having a spotlight on it. And Pluto is the darkest planet in the universe. It is our shadow. It is the underworld. It is death and rebirth. It is everything of our darkness. And so for this one day, you'll probably feel it for about three or four days because it'll be widely conjuncting. But it is going to feel like the dark night of the soul. And then once all of these planets go direct on January 24th, it will feel like freedom so i'm giving you a bit of a fair warning and be prepared to kind of go into some darkness a few days before and then if you come to this ceremony you can release so much of this Mm -hmm. um i was gonna say something else and i lost my train oh Mm -hmm. also you know last night this today we're recording on january 12th um was the new moon in capricorn the first new moon of the year which this is not the astrological new year i mean typically this is a time for contemplation for reflection and that new moon in Capricorn really is it's like thinking about what can I what can I lay structure for to create and then the first full moon of the year is the full moon in Leo which is what is my bliss Mm. what is my joy Mm. what can I make a part of my inner child how can I fulfill my purpose Leo rules the sun the Mm. sun is our purpose and so I really feel that this ceremony that we're holding is going to be It'll have an energy of play. I can I can really feel that. Of course, we're going to get into the deep and the nitty gritty, but it is, I hope to bring that energy of play and light and love into it. Yeah, I
1: feel that and just allowing that to be elevated and to remember that, like, yes, this work that we do, like the spiritual growth and self-development work, like, yeah, it can be full of shadows and like facing things. And also like, let's just remember the lightness and shine and, and take that darkness and transcend it. And I'm so excited. And if you're listening and you're like, come on, babes, I am not in Phoenix. What the fuck? Like, um, it's okay. You'll be with us energetically. There's, so much power in these spaces when we come together and also like just encourage you wherever you are to maybe get the book watch the movie like reach out to us we do you know virtual readings and we are still here to support you energetically like you don't have to navigate life alone and your sisterhood is here for you whether you're with us in circle at the red tent or not just diving in and listening and receiving this is part of your journey to reclaim, remember, honor, and devote to your sacred space of the womb. So if you're desiring support in that, like we are so, so here to hold you through it. And yeah, thank you for just being here. I feel pretty clear. How do you feel? I feel great. Yeah. Mm. Well, we are so, so grateful and thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today and all the links will be in the show notes and we love you so much we're about to end at 1, 1, 1, 1 p.m and have a magical beautiful badass pleasurable day wherever you are and Be sure to share this with a badass or a goddess friend of yours and tag us at the badass bohemian and at the feminine astrologer. Any last words?
0: I just want to thank you for being in your innate power because your power has never existed here before and we need it for survival. So, thank you for being you. And I can't continue, I can't wait to continue on this journey with you. Thank you for listening.
1: Love you. <laughs>